0: Hi, it's Rob Moore here, Uh, O-M-G-L-O-L-W-T-A-F. I'm so excited. I've never said that on an intro before, but um, honestly, Natasha is an amazing Instagram influencer. She's got an amazing story, which I'm sure she'll share with you. Such a privilege to be able to do this interview with her, be on her show. Um, We met in Clubhouse, and we've become Clubhouse BFFs. Um, Yeah. Natasha, over to you. Thanks for being here, and... Let's do this. This will be
1: great. I'm so excited. Yes, we met on Clubhouse for everyone in my audience that hasn't yet come across Rob Moore. He is a serial entrepreneur. He's actually more known as the disruptive entrepreneur. In fact, (laughs) he is just on fire. You may have seen him in various different talks, you may have seen him globally on something. This dude is one to follow and watch. So yeah, I'm super excited to be connecting with you today and just making some magic happen, teaching some tips together. Because I think there's a lot of things that people need to, you know, I think through this time we're going through, it's so hard to lose, so easy to lose your way and lose where your mindset should be because people just focus on the wrong things. And so hopefully today we're gonna give you some ignition and some fuel to pump that fire and feel good and rock on to the next stage in your life. Boom. (laughs) (laughs) Are you in the UK at the moment?
0: Yeah, I'm not far from you, Peterborough.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, nice. Okay, oh my God. Well, do you know what? It seems really close when I was so, when you're living in America, everything's like hours and hours hours apart. So it feels really, really nice. And i really close here. So okay, let's just dive straight in success mindset, you're someone that has disrupted industries, you have accumulated numbers. So if you had to give your top three mindset tips of how an entrepreneur who is already getting out there, but they need to take it to the next level. So someone who's already got a business, maybe startup kind of that zone, but they're ready to just Get pump higher what would yours be
0: okay I think the first thing there's a saying that comes to mind which one of my mentors said to me which was if you don't believe in yourself why should anyone else mm-hmm. so ultimately even if you don't have the skills and talents and experience yet that you want you have to put yourself in your future projection of yourself mm-hmm. and believe that you can become the thing that you want to become mm-hmm. so I've raised millions of pounds for property deals of other people's money when I didn't have money. And obviously I didn't have money. So, you know, underneath there was a bit of a feeling of imposter. But I believed that I could manage this money well. I believed that, you know, I would become a successful property investor. So that helped me attract finance maybe a bit before I was ready. So I hate the word fake it till you make it. But I love the phrase, be it till you see it. So that'd be the first thing. The second thing would be, To try not to avoid negativity or criticism, because I think one of the problems with sort of positivity and personal development is it fundamentally avoids the need for criticism and challenge. So I believe you need positivity and negativity equally. You need praise uh, and criticism equally. You need support and challenge equally um, because all the praise we get, we want. But what does it do? It it pumps our ego up a bit. It makes us feel a bit uh, ahead of ourselves. And it's the criticism that keeps us grounded. Too much praise, the ego gets under control. Too much criticism and it breaks us down. So embrace both sides, because if you could imagine there's a passion that you've got and you were going to turn it into a profession and you were prepared to accept the difficulties, the challenges, the critics, the trolls, the haters and the problems along the journey, you couldn't help but be successful Mm. and a lot of people are sort of they're too worried about criticism or they're oh I don't don't want to put myself out there in case I get criticized or as soon as it gets hard they give up Mm -hmm. so it's having a balanced mindset and then the third thing 100% managing your emotions I -hmm. believe you master your emotions you master your life yeah absolutely. too elated I know I get a bit excited, Natasha, and I have a feeling you get excited, too. We
1: love your excitement, Rob. Bring it on.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, sometimes if you get a bit overexcited, you don't do diligence and research. You say yes too quick. So actually, sometimes too excited Well, slow down, Rob, take your time, do some due diligence, trust, but verify. I trust people too quickly by nature. Um, But then, of course, you you know, you don't want to be too down and depressed and You know, if you get beat down or you fail, you don't want to let that affect you. So lifting yourself up when you're down and pulling yourself down when you're up and managing your emotions, not taking things personally. You know, when you get rejected, like in Clubhouse, you know, if you get kicked out of a room, that feels like you've been dumped by someone you're in love with. It just a knife to the heart. But it's just being kicked out of a room on a platform. It doesn't really mean anything. So managing that rejection, managing those emotions, not taking it personally and staying balanced and strong. That is, you know, manage your emotions, master your life.
1: Love it. I absolutely love everything you've just said. I think that's such valuable advice. And I think adding to that as well on the mindset side of it, people when they want to achieve something, they always think, okay, so he's already there. But the question is, if you want to get there, are you doing the same activities, the same behaviors, and putting in the amount of time that this person who is already there is putting in? Because the answer is probably no. You're procrastinating. You're not starting your life. You're not igniting that fuel. You're you're just allowing the days to pass you by. So that leads me on to my next thing, which is you must really envision your dreams in full because any detail that you leave out, other people will fill in. You never want to be victim to someone else's plan. You've got to create your own destiny. Leave the legacy that you choose because in this life, we have a choice. We can be whoever we want to be. And we want to leave a mark on this world. And we can choose to live that life because if you don't choose it by your highest values, you don't choose to live the life and produce the business and produce the result that is going to benefit other people in the right way. You will not leave the legacy you want to leave because you'll be working for someone else or you'll find your business fails or it just doesn't go on to the next level, you've got to give yourself permission to actually just say yes to what inspires you the most. And that ultimately attracts like a magnet to you, the events, the people and the places and the opportunities of the things that you desire that will align with that particular objective. So that's my, if I had to give my second one, but <laughs> my, my third one would be to get clarity of your vision and goal like in a, in a com- on combination with that with looking at how, it helps others. So when you're looking at something that you want or something that you want to do, you must always look at how it contributes to others in the world. Because if it doesn't contribute to others in the world, then what you'll find is you're only doing something that doesn't, it's not going to last. It's not something that's going to feel good forever, because it's never really going to have longevity. The bigger problem that you're solving, the more successful you're going to be. So you will always want to wake up and look like, you know, every time I wake up, I, I literally I don't know what you do. And I really want to know this right now. But when you wake up in the morning, when, what's the first thing that you say to yourself? Like for me, I'm like, what is my assignment for today? Like, show me, universe. Like, where do I need to go? Produce the people in front of me of where I need to step. I want to feel alive and helping people. I want to serve people. What, what about you?
0: um if i clubhouse probably if i'm being honest <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um yeah You're i'm bre-
1: clubhouse right now rob so yeah i can i can feel you on that anyone who hasn't seen your rooms you need to jump in we need to host a room together on there at some point
0: i'm all in on that let's do that So, yeah, for me, I clarified my personal vision maybe five or six years ago, Natasha. And, you know, Mm. I got myself out of debt and then I started sourcing property and buying property for myself and build a property training company, and build a business training company. and kept doing all these things and making money and doing good. But I still didn't really know what's my personal vision and mission. Uh, And I spent a lot of time asking clients and staff and talking to people who knew me. and, And now I know my personal vision. My personal vision is to help many as many people on the planet start and scale their business and get a better financial education. That is wow. my personal mission and vision. That is endless. That is timeless. That, that will outlive me. Even if I helped a billion people, there's another six billion to help. And even if I help this planet, by the time I'm gone, we're probably inhabiting other planets. So that is like, it's always going to be bigger than me. And so it inspires me to get up and be better and do better. Um, And and that sort of triggered me setting up my foundation, Natasha, which is my real passion now, which is the Rob Moore Foundation to help young and underprivileged people start meaningful businesses to change the world. So these are the things I consume my mind with. And these are the things that I think about. And and it makes it easier to make tactical decisions, Natasha, because if if I get an opportunity and, you know, right now, because of the work I've done over the last 15 years and, and, and things like Clubhouse, I've got more opportunities than I can handle and I'm very grateful for that but I can look at that opportunity and simply go does that help me towards my personal vision if it's a yes I do it if it's a no I don't and that makes decision making really easy it gets rid of overwhelm it makes saying yes and saying no easier but really that's what gets me out of bed every day
1: I love when someone has a goal that is for others and it's something that is I mean that's what you want to do in life is we want to find what makes us happy but what is our purpose? What serves others? What are we good at? You know, how can we monetize our skill, basically, and our skill set and expand that and scale it? And that is why you're so good at that. And I love it. Because that's what you do for people. See, I do the other side. I help them with their mindset to overcome adversity, to get unstuck to get out of their problem, to actually think of a business, like to, you know, the stage before to get to there. So I should be like passing it over the, come here. You know, so you want to get your head in the right place before you get to these places. And so I help. So on that, what are your best tips on solving problems? You know, when someone's got a problem in their life, any kind of problem, let's say in business, their business is not, I'm sure someone watching right now is, is gonna raise their hand and say yes. Yeah. So they are feeling like they're stuck in their business. It's not going up. Or maybe you're like, I really wanna leave my job and, and continue my side hustle. That's probably the biggest one right now that I'm hearing with my clients anyway. So what, like, what's your advice on that? And then I'm gonna tell you one.
0: <laughs> So one of my public speaking mentors uh, has this saying, The skill set without the mindset will leave you upset. Uh, And I 100% love that and agree with that. I could give you every strategy and and tactic in the book. But if it is falling on unfertile soil, you are not going to, you know, nourish crop. So um, I completely agree with you about the mindset. So the mindset of solving problems for me is actually quite simple. Um, And I like to keep things simple. And that is... Are you prepared to solve this problem with continued enthusiasm? So I think it was Churchill that said that success was going from problem to problem to problem with no loss of enthusiasm. And I think it's a bit of a test if you're on brand and on mission, Natasha, because I bet you with your training on what you do, if I threw you a problem, you'd have energy and enthusiasm about solving it. But if you were making rugs or curtains that you had to put up every day for people or something you didn't want to do, if I threw you a problem, you'd be like, oh, man, another problem. Why now? Why me? I don't want this. So the test, the test, if you're on mission, on brand, on vision and you're doing something that you love is, are you continually enthusiastic about the problems? Now, don't get me wrong. We don't all go, yeah, I've got another problem. You know, I'm not saying it's exciting. And of course, we all have those moments. Why now? Why me? This is hard. Just when I thought I'd sorted it. But that little chimp, as they say, you know, that little monkey noise in your brain and the quicker you can go, look, solve it. Other people won't solve it. Other people are complaining about it, moaning about it. Someone went on um, Facebook today and went, oh, this clubhouse noise, all these fakers, all this and that. And I just went on and said, I love posts like this because it tells me all the people to ignore. And while you guys are bitching and moaning, I've just got a hundred thousand followers on clubhouse. So there you go. So it's how you see things. It's how you see things. So do you see your problem as an opportunity to get better, to solve, to serve, to fix, to keep moving forward, to go to the next level? Because if you can get in that mindset, then you'll always solve any problem. And I want to also warn people, Natasha, to be realistic. And, this is, actually, this is actually positive, but it's not going to sound it. But what is your reward for solving a problem? A bigger one. That is your reward. Everyone thinks I've solved the problem. Oh, that's good. It's gone. I can relax. I've got my laptop sorted. I've got my millions coming in from a one-click millionaire course I did. And, you know, I'm all sorted. No, no. Your reward for solving a problem is a bigger one and a bigger one and a bigger one. So you have to go to, for, to bigger problems with no loss of enthusiasm and you're winning.
1: Boom. Oh, that is a that's a really interesting way of seeing it. And also that just makes you realize that when you handle that, then you're gonna handle the next thing even better. Because once you learn, it's like with stress, once you learn to handle it, then the next thing will never seem as bad because you've learned how to handle it. How being the key word, how is the mindset between A and B, right? right. So I have this technique and it anyone can do it, and you just sit in your own thoughts, you just quiet your mind, shut your eyes, and you just, you imagine the problem that you're facing, right? And you just see it here in your mind. And you say, okay, this is what I'm going through. Visualize it in full, and you really see it. And then what you do is, is you move to the next window in your mind. And you say, okay, imagine my life now, after you've done that for about three, four minutes, and it will feel a bit uncomfortable, because you really don't want to relive the feeling, but you've got to, right? And in my, my uh, MBS method, which is meditational behavioral synchronicity, I teach people all over the world to how to use this method to solve problems like this in their mind, how to eradicate things that are going on around them and they actually see profound changes and have breakthroughs. And so even just doing this one thing right now, shutting your eyes, imagining your problem, and then going to the next place, which is imagining your life without that problem. So the screen in your mind you're imagining here with your eyes closed, just quieting the mind, just being at one with yourself. You want to take yourself aside. You can do breathing with this. You can do whatever else you want with it. Um, And you sit and then you imagine your life without the problem. Now, it will feel good. So it starts to change the feeling in your body, right? You start to change everything and you calm the sympathetic nervous system at the same time. You're just feeling much better because now you're seeing your life without the problem. So you know it's possible. And then you go to the third place and then you imagine the solution to this problem and you just think okay what is the solution to this you see this is actually based on the silver Mind technique by jose silver which is absolutely incredible and it's been around for decades um you know but he really he teaches it in an even higher way of going to the alpha state in the mind to actually solve problems which is beautiful but i'm doing this at beta right here and i'm saying you know when you then look at the solution to the problem what is the problem. And okay, how do I get rid of it? Because I imagine my life without it, but what needs to happen? If I could wave a magic wand of what needs to happen. And then every time from now on in your life, you imagine your problems you're facing, you just go to the solution. You just take your mind to the solution so that you're feeling good again. You're elevated. You always want to be in a a higher frequency you always want to be excited and feeling good because if you are living from a place of lack scarcity scared anything of fear any of the negative emotions then you will be like attracting more of this to you and you don't want to have shit in your life you want to have good stuff in your life right
0: <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm loving all the comments coming through. I'm like uh, the bigger problem thing. That was so good what you were saying. What do you think about authenticity, Rob? Like authenticity in business, you're a big entrepreneur. So talk to me about, you know, authenticity in business.
0: Wow, that's a really big question, Natasha. I'll try and be brief, but I find that more intense and deeper question than I think it's often examined on social media. It's I think awesome. what pe- I think what people think is authenticity is being yourself. Um, And so I would say one thing is the courage to be yourself. And what, Natasha, is the courage to be yourself? It's actually the courage to be disliked, actually, when you look at it. Because only when you have transcended the courage to be disliked can you be honest about who you are. Because if you fear being disliked, you won't be honest about who you are. You'll show the world a false version of you, either either an overly humble or an overly puffed up version of yourselves so actually being authentic is the courage to be disliked um it is to do the right thing when no one is watching it is to balance the selfish and the selfless like you were saying about a personal vision and offering value well you know you want to get paid fairly for the value that you give to the world otherwise you're not going to be incentivized to do it we need to put our own clothes on and put our own food on the table and send our kids, our own kids to school. So actually balancing the selfish with the selfless, knowing that you're looking after your own needs and the needs of the world, that I would say is true authenticity. But I think a lot of people who are using that word, I think they're still finding themselves and I'm not sure that they're fully authentic. What authenticity is, is it's also owning your strengths and weaknesses. Mm -hmm. So some people, some people are a bit like, cocky in that they're making out that they're bigger than they are. And we all know that there's, there's people out there that are puffing themselves up, but then there's also people who are overly humble and actually not honoring what they're good at. So being real and honest with yourself about what your strengths are and actually saying, Hey, actually, I'm pretty good at that. But then also what you're weak at and saying, do you know what? I'm not good at that. Because then when you're honest about what you're great at, you attract people who want that greatness when you're honest about what you're weak at, you attract people who can fix those problems. And like, I'm terrible at admin. I'm terrible at organization about operations. I'm terrible about detail and minutiae and legalities and all of that. And I attracted someone into my life, my business partner of 15 years, who's an absolute genius that, at that and loves it. Like, we, we had a small, a very small um, legal issue. It didn't go to courts, but it was just something that we were going through lawyers on. Um, and the, the lawyer sent the contract out to be signed by the other party. They signed it and sent it back. And Mark replied, my business partner, saying, um, page six is missing. Now, I never even would have noticed. I wouldn't have looked at it. And he went back to the lawyer and the lawyer said, oh, no, don't worry. We've got the signed document. Page six is there. It just was missing in the scam we sent you. That page, by the way, had all the NDAs and the, and, the, and the terms about, you know, what we'd agreed in it. I'd have missed that. I'd have taken that. And the most important page in the legal document would have been gone. But he finds shit like that. And he loves stuff like that. Like, if he, if he, ever, get, if he ever gets a contract, he'll read the whole contract. Whereas I'm the person, just give me it, you know, and I'll sign it. <laughs>
1: so,
0: true authenticity is being honest about your strengths and honest about your weaknesses. And, you know, just to finish this one, bit off point, but um, hopefully it's useful. You know, people often say, you know, thank you. People often say, I just want people to love me for who I am.
1: Uh-huh. Well, if
0: you're not showing the world who you really are, you're never going to attract people who love you for you re- who you really are. And, and this is a massive paradox because people are out there looking for the perfect partner or the perfect business partner or the perfect client. But until you're honest about your weaknesses and your strengths and honest about, um, you know, being yourself, even when you get criticized for it, only when you do that will you attract the right people into your life
1: wow yeah absolutely do you think it goes the same with would you say in your perspective um with business with authenticity when you take it when you're you're doing your own new idea and even though there's many other companies that are doing something similar like if you look at social media right all the apps have all got so many different things in common they're almost the same thing just in a different way it's all us putting ourselves out there or our business out there via a platform so would you say that to get your authenticity on a business it takes a particular thing or is it just about putting their message across
0: um i think it's just about knowing your ideal client and knowing who you serve and knowing who you are and knowing who you're not i think that's it so let's say for example you bought three investment properties Uh And you're like, oh, well, I can't really teach people because I've only bought three. Well, what about if you ran a course on buying your first three properties for beginners? That would be authentic. You're not pretending you've got a massive property portfolio. You're being real and authentic. Let's say you want to teach people to do online courses and you've just started your online course. So what you do is you teach people how to start their online course or how to sell their first product. Now, look, don't teach people something that you've not done. But you can teach people something that you've just done. in Because when are you ever complete? Like, when have you ever got enough properties to be a real estate trainer? You know, when have you ever made enough money to be a, you know, an entrepreneur? Well, there's no measure. I mean, you could have made a six-figure sum, which isn't much. And you could teach people how to go from zero to six figures. You can. You've got the credibility. Don't teach them to go to eight figures when you've only got six figures. That's when the, the BS comes in. So. Where you're at in your journey, be truthful and honest about it and and package your brand around that ideal client profile, that niche, and then go serve them. Because I've got 990 units under management or that we're developing now in our portfolio. So actually, someone who's just bought their first buy to let this week is probably more qualified than me to teach them about buying their first buy to let because I can't remember how it was because it was 16 years ago. So we've all got a place you've just got to be really clear with you know what your place and space is.
1: Love that because we all have a lane absolutely and, yeah. once you, and once you see that and also our purpose is actually uh, and what we want to do and what we want to put across is it is an expression of our highest values. So anytime that we then you know try and do something that's bs or like you were saying or compare ourselves to others we actually depreciate our own value because we are trying to be someone that we're not. And when you try to be someone that you're not, you're only ever gonna limit your own beliefs and your values because you're only ever gonna be second place to them when you can be first place to yourself for your own business. And so you place walls around yourself when you do that. And the only walls that you build around yourself are ones that you've built up in your mind. And they limit you when the universe is just all giving and wants to give. And once we get into alignment with feeling, Oh, this is my authentic path. This is what I want to do. This is what my business does. This is where I want to go. Then you're in alignment. Then it starts to happen. I always say to people, the three Ps, plan, purpose, and be proactive, right? I should have put that in my book because that was not in my mm-hmm. book. It will be in the next one. So in my book, you know, I, I always talk about things like this. You When you feel off center, when you feel your business, oh, fuck, what's going on? Why is it taking a curve like that? That's normal. If you don't have all these fails, which I don't call fails, I call fails tries. When you've had all these tries as something that just don't go right, that is a sign that something is not going right. That's okay. It's like pain. When you hit pain, you realize you're not going in the right direction, whether it's physical, mental, emotional, or spiritual pain, whatever type of pain it is, you're not going in the right direction. That's good. It's just like a little red flag coming up, right? And so what you do is, is when you take these three Ps, when something's going wrong in your business, something's going aside, you go P for plan. First thing you do is take yourself aside. But I was having the worst day the other day. I mean, I was, I it wasn't like how it was five years ago when I was, you know, in the worst point of my life. But anytime that I go back to a memory where it feels like it could be back in that awful place that I have come from once upon a time and got myself out of I always say, okay, I'm going to use these techniques again to get myself out of it. You know, and I felt so shit. It was like, we would just gone into a hardcore lockdown here in London. And like, we can't get back to America. I can't get and do anything that I need to do. That's fine. You know what? Because I want to make a plan. Here is my plan. So I take myself aside when I'm literally hyperventilating. I'm have a panic attack. And by the way, that's not the only reason I was crying. There was many things, you know, I'm a single mom. There was a lot going on in my life at that moment in my love life as well, There was this crazy shit going on and I needed to sort it out. And so I sat and I was like, you know what I'm gonna do? Make a plan, okay? So the first thing you do as a, you know, independent human, I'm about to say independent woman, it doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman, as someone who is got any kind of responsibility in the life, which is everybody who is listening right now, you to make a plan, make a plan. Then you go to P, the next P is your purpose. Are you doing something that is acting towards your purpose, or is the thing that is causing the chaos in your life something that's making it more than likely it's not towards your purpose? When I, whenever anything is going wrong in my life, I can guarantee it is because I am not living out my purpose, I'm doing something that is distracting from my purpose, it's taking away from my purpose, and I need to be able to live in alignment, you know. And I use you, you speak about you know, you know what your mission is. you got, you want to help these young entrepreneurs, these entrepreneurs to scale their business, to go X, Y, and Z. And that's amazing. So when you're not doing something that is alignment with that, I bet you feel off. You have like a day, you're like, I, you know, this does not feel right. Something doesn't feel good. Spending time with your kids, all these beautiful things. That is wonderful. That's still in alignment with your purpose. Cause we're here for more than just, you know, to make a, Epic business in this world. But I'm talking about things that are on a lower level frequency, things that make you feel bad, things that you don't need to do, things that make you get into a victim mentality, things that are, you know, fictitious, not good, anything that is horrible for your life, get away from because that is not towards your purpose. And then the third one is be proactive. And you take proactive steps towards making your life the best version of your life that it can be. So your plan will help with that, but you actually take the steps towards it. So start your day and just go, this does not work how I'm doing it right now. I'm going to do yoga every single day because yoga is going to help me or something. I do Qigong in the morning. So I'm like 15 minutes, Qigong meditation to wake up and be like, okay, this is where I'm at. And you just get proactive. And then you say, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z in my business day with my goals. And you start focusing. I went on a rant there on my little- I love it. (laughs) Um, Okay. So I always say- um, Conformity doesn't lead to enormity, what do you think?
0: yeah, I like that. I really like that. I think um if you're trying to be a version of someone else, then you'll never truly shine and I think, like you said, you know don't be second at being someone else. be first at being yourself and um, and I think that um conformity is accepting societal values imposed upon you that aren't in alignment with who you're meant to be. That may be what I would say is conformity. So if you want to have a vast and lasting difference, then you need to follow your own path. And that will mean rebellion, criticism, challenge.
1: This is your arena, you're disruptive, so keep going.
0: Yeah, exactly. Your friends, your family, people on social media, yes. they be like, don't do it, it's risky, you, you know, you're going to fail, all of this. And, you know, as long as you know in your heart you're meant to do this and you're meant to be this and you're constantly taking feedback to move towards the right place, you know, an aircraft is off target about 97% of the time and through GPS. And, you know, it's always constantly tracking back. There's wind loading and, and you know, and it's obviously um, feeding information up to a satellite and back. So it's actually off course most of the time and constantly being guided back. Well, there will, be, there will be dogs that bark at you. There will be critics that point at you. There will be trolls that hate on you. There'll be friends and family that, you know, all of these people trying to take you off track. But for you to be on track, you've got to know what your destination is. And that is where the personal vision and mission comes in. So I believe that conformity will definitely limit your enormity. And I love that quote. I wish I'd created it and I wish I had a meme on it. It's that good. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, OK, so I have a really good question, which i love to just ask. This is a little task that I do. I ask the same question to three people that I either respect or I love and I want to learn from so somebody interesting so you fall into the want to learn from box. i uh, oh, not the <laughs> <a> love one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I
1: mean so here's the question. What do you wish that more people knew about you? Because you and I are quite like, you know, what you see is what you get. They know a lot about what we preach about, what we talk about, what we teach about, right? And so it's there's something inside of us, inside of you that I want to know that you wish that people knew.
0: Yeah, about. so two things come to mind that I don't really talk about, and it's not really a wish that people knew about it, otherwise, I'd tell them, because I think i'm I think I'm pretty authentic. You know, obviously, we all have a personal life, and there's things that you don't share, and you're allowed to have a personal life. It's not like being authentic is telling everyone everything about you. But I think I'm pretty, you know, I know my strengths and weaknesses and I think I have a good intention to help people and I think I deliver a lot of value. But there's two things and they're opposites. So one of them is people say that money doesn't make you happy and they think that being materialistic is is somehow wrong. Um, But I want to change that narrative because I don't think it is. Because I think you can be surrounded with nice things and still be generous and caring and do good for a lot of people. Um, And so, you know, I have the supercar collection. I have a quarter of a million pound hi-fi system. I spend £3,000 of time on um, Alexander McQueen jackets. And I think a lot of people would judge that and think that there's something opulent or grotesque about that. And I don't believe that to be the case. Like if you buy a Patek Philippe watch, What about all the master craftsmen, you know, who learned their whole life, studied for 60 years to make that beautiful watch? And then all the, you know, the families that you help support when you buy that watch and all the taxes through that watch. So so people don't understand the law of economics and money flow when they judge. So I think if you buy things to just show off or for addiction purposes, I think that that's bad. But I think there's a lot of gratitude and giving in owning nice things. I think that's misunderstood and I'm trying to change that narrative. The other thing is um, I probably spend three hours of my day, maybe four every day I have for a decade now. And it it ebbs and flows how many hours helping people without getting paid, whether that's work for my foundation, I just raised 40 grand for it on an event we did or one-to-one phone calls or whatsapp voice memos um every boxing day christmas eve and christmas day for a good while now i've spent three hours a day on those days sacrificing family time to call up lonely people and to call up people who are struggling and just talk to them Um, and you know i don't i don't use those things in marketing for me but um a lot of people don't know that about me how much time i spend helping other people. And I don't do it because I want accolades or because I want people to go, "Oh, yeah, Rob's great." I do it because I think it's the right thing to do, and I think you do you do your best to do the right thing when no one's looking, and the world and social media is not looking because I'm not Facebook living a one to one call with a you know a single mum entrepreneur with three kids on Christmas Day on her own, or someone who's just lost her husband or wife or father or mother. Um, but. Most people don't know that about me. And, I'm, and I like that about myself. I like that about myself more than the supercar collection, to be honest. But it's also OK to have a supercar collection.
1: <laughs> it's definitely OK. Ah, um, oh, that was a lovely answer. I just like to listen to those. And actually, you know what? For anyone, as a takeaway, if you do this every single you do it monthly, you do it weekly. If you've got the time, do it weekly. Just take the time to ask three questions to people that you care about that you want to be like you want to learn from a mentor anyone that you're going to learn from so for me it might be like my grandfather who I just don't get enough time with or maybe um you know somebody that has come on my podcast who's really fascinating, who I maybe studied when I was a kid and they're now like 75, Um, you know, and it's you always learn from these people. And so when you look deeper at the answers to those questions, it actually teaches you so much because you will take away what they wanted to share with the world and then it will help you to look at what you could do better in yours. And when you just learn to listen to someone, that is where the power and the peace is. Because when we pray, right, whether you believe in God, whether you believe in nothing, when you pray to the, whatever it is you pray to, even just being in thought with yourself, we are asking for something, we're talking to God, the higher power or you know, the divine or the sky. Um, and then the other way is med- when we meditate, we are receiving the answer from God, from the divine, etc. And so this is the same thing. When you listen to someone, you're gonna hear all of their answers and you're listening and you're taking away. So I've I only learned really this is gonna sound wild. I did not listen for the most part of my younger years. I only started listening through reading and realizing that you should always be learning. So I call that ABL. Um you know you can Use it as you want, but every single day you want to set aside time where you're learning, where you're studying, where you're taking it to the next level, where you're actually doing something that's going to teach you something. Because when we talk, we don't learn anything new, but when we listen, we learn. So that's why we're all in here today having an amazing time. I love it. I just saw Chris Voss pop on. Need you on my podcast at some point. I think we were emailing about it. Um, so okay taking your brand global with any method right you are the like you you with entrepreneurs you just make them fire off it's so exciting to see all the work you're doing in the world and listening to how you do it in your own time has just really touched my heart I think that's so beautiful um so for me my expertise around taking a brand global is, is around social media and how to do it on there so If you are now, you're using, like, different methods, you know, all the different social media apps, how do you advise people to use social media to scale their business? And then I'll tap on a few things as well.
0: Well, I'm definitely leaving Instagram to you, Natasha, because you're killing it on that. that
1: That's for you, babe, all day. (laughs) I,
0: I would say the two channels that have been best for me are Clubhouse and podcast. Um, So we have more than 10 million subscribers and downloads across 204 countries in five years on the podcast. And it's attracted me to some amazing people. Um, I've interviewed 150 amazing people in all walks of life. So friendships and connections and collaborations, but also the reach. Like I bet if you looked at any other of my social media platforms, there wouldn't be listeners in 204 countries. I've got listeners in the Vatican City. I wonder if the Pope tunes in. Hey, Pope, loving your work.
1: <laughs> Can you imagine?
0: I know, that would be great. Um, so, yeah, podcasting, because it's reached the most countries, and for me, it's got more um, listenership than, say, my Instagram or my um, YouTube or my Facebook. Um, although I do have pushing 3,000 supporters in, in, in the Facebook supporter programme. That's quite a cool thing. Um, Clubhouse is the most viral. So, sorry, I just have to check my followers just to let you know how it's going. But um, I can tell you how many I've gained today because I tracked it this morning. Okay, so when I woke up this morning, it was ninety two thousand. It's now ninety four thousand six hundred. So it's it's growing about three hundred an hour. Now, my Twitter doesn't grow at three hundred a week. It grows at less than three hundred a week, my Twitter. And this is growing at three hundred an hour. So the growth is very viral. It also suits me, the platform, because I've I've got lots of information to share and lots of experience. And I think people can tell when I talk, there is the experience there and there's the passion. So I think that helps because some people have got the experience and not the passion. And some people have not got the experience. So it suits me. But I'm meeting so many amazing people like yourself. I mean, we might not have met for years if it weren't for Clubhouse. And I'm having that same
1: we were speaking at an event and we were on an event together, which again, we just would have been two speakers. Have... About.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So it's a, it's such an amazing thing that the people you meet, you know, I've met so many people in America and Australia and South Africa and Canada, and I wouldn't have met those people or it would have taken me 10 years because obviously we're in lockdown. So, you know, I like to go to America to do some seminars and speak at some events, but once a year. So it's such, it's so viral you know, grow a platform that's growing at hundreds per hour instead of hundreds per week. So for me, they're the two social media platforms that um, if I was starting again, I would go double down on. And probably anyone from a standing start who hasn't got much experience, in my experience, those two you could leverage the most. But of course, you're killing it on Instagram. So you've got your own answer, I guess, Natasha.
1: Before I go on to Instagram, I just have another question because I'm, I'm, you know, I'm loving it. I think my audience is getting so much, and I'll, I'll come onto that in a second. But with the podcasts and with Clubhouse, how can people actually monetize in those places through their business in a? Bigger way, like can they scale? Because everyone who you know they they have be making their money like, through their passive streams. If people have got their head in the right place, I don't know. You know, there's a range of different people here. So, watching. So, you know, if people have already got their head in gear, they've already got their passive streams coming in. They've already got their businesses set up. Um, how is the clubhouse and the podcast going to make them the money from your perspective?
0: So, with the podcast, once you get to about five thousand downloads an episode you could probably get a sponsor. Um, mm-hmm. And I got £105 per 1,000 downloads when I got my first sponsor, and then that went up to £120 per 1,000 downloads um, because, you know once we'd had a good result. So if you have 10,000 downloads per episode, you're going to get £1,200 an episode. If you have 100,000 downloads per episode, you're going to get £12,000 an episode. So you can see it, and I like sponsors rather than advertisers. So sponsors are more of a partnership where advertisers is it just get stuff that's not relevant gets fed in. I also do podcast launches and I give gifts away with the podcast launches. And then I might be able to monetize that by having an event that I offer a product or service at. So I've done quite a lot of six and seven figure launches that way. There's actually 14 ways to monetize a podcast that I know about. You can build a a listenership and then you can ask them to go and join your Facebook supporter program or your Patreon. And you can have a little premium level where you give behind the scenes content and early access to stuff and discounts on things. And you can gain thousands of people who are paying you ten dollars a month that way. You can do donations if you're in an arty, creative world and, and you know, you're not really that capitalist or you don't really want to sell stuff. You just ask for donations for the quality of your um, content. And again, you can do tens of thousands of pounds per month or dollars doing that. So there's four ways to monetize podcasts. I won't go on because, you know, we haven't got much long left, Natasha, and I know you've got something to say. With Clubhouse, I'm not trying to monetize it, but I have had a few people who want to be my client in my branding and marketing um, related products and services. Um, I've been interviewed on many podcasts like this, and of course, I'm probably going to reach a new audience doing that. I've been paid for a a handful of paid keynote speaking gigs. I usually have a fee for my podcast as well to appear on it. Natasha, I obviously waive that fee for you because you're super awesome. Um, But it's just because I get offered so many and I can't do them all. So you know, a £750 fee just qualifies. And I usually do quite a few of them a week. Now that's not much money for me. It's just an admin fee, really. Um, But I've I've had quite a few um, podcast and speaking gigs as well um i'm probably going to set up a specific like per, i'm going to something like personal brand multiplier or anyone who wants to go on a journey of doubling down on their personal brand this year i'm probably going to create a bespoke package because a lot of people are asking me about it because of what i've done on clubhouse so i'll probably create something for them because i've got enough interest i might just choose 15 people uh, 15000 pounds and i'll do a year's long mentoring with them and i'll do some sponsorship with them and I'll connect them to some of the amazing podcast guests and I'll get them on a few of my programs. So I'll probably do that, but I'm just sort of figuring that out and building that. But obviously that would be what some 15 times 15 um, is that 22,000, sorry, 222,500 or 225,000, something like that. Um, But, you know, there's, there's one person who's paid, paid for that, paying for that as we speak. Don't forget, I've only been on Clubhouse 40 days. It feels like 40 weeks. 40 days? Yeah. 40 days, 90, what, 94,600 followers.
1: But how mad. many hours are you on there every day?
0: On average, probably three to four. I have spent more, but I did have to pull back when I was lacking some sleep in the early days trying to get used to it. I would say actively, yeah, maybe maybe four yeah, maybe four. Like a couple of days when I'm doing more rooms, it's more like five or six. But other days yeah. when I'm not doing rooms, it's more like two or three.
1: Amazing. Well, I think this has been so much fun. I mean, I could just talk about going global on and uh, you know all the social media platforms. But if anyone just wants one takeaway, the main thing for Instagram is to think about the needs of one person. Like I grew my following to over a million in a year, and the quickest thing to do is to just pump out amazing content in the niche of your brand, you don't even have to post stuff that is just your business. It could be about anything. It could be about anything to do with your line of business, right? And then when you're putting that out there to the world, your audience is gonna start to understand who you are, the value of you, and you just think about the needs of one person. What do they want? What do they like? You gotta play games with them, you've got to interact with them. You open up the one-way dialogue, you make it a two-way dialogue. And when you make it a two-way dialogue, like with business, you get results because you start seeing what's the demand. You can do your entire market research on Instagram for free. It's epic. You can use your story for that. We're, we'll go into this. You know what? We'll host a room, Rob, and we'll do, and I'll come out with all these um these gems. We'll definitely have
0: to do a room getting into your head about Instagram, because obviously oh, you killed it.
1: Oh yeah, so absolutely. Just talk about going global on social media, then you know, you and I can just bounce on these two, um, these two areas. It'd be amazing. But yeah, no. To be honest with you, it, you know, you just want to, when you think about the needs, and then you start using a poll in your story. There's so many amazing things like this. You start talking to them back and forwards, back and forwards. You communicate with them. You can get a hundred new leads in a day. High ticket sale clients off your Instagram, because maybe I'll teach you for a thousand to sign up, but a hundred of them are actually going to be the bigger ones. So it's so easy to do once you know how that's why they say, you know, how did you make your first million and grow your million? You know, it was, it all comes at the same time. So you just got to learn to do it. And if you sell a product for hundred dollars and ten thousand there's a million quickly overnight so yeah you just gotta it's how to do it but anyway rob i had the best time talking to you today man you are epic i know we've both got to jump on i've got a live masterclass right now talking about growing instagram um and i know you've got a show to go to as well so i'm so excited to connect with you again thank you for introducing me to your audience as well
0: My pleasure. I I don't know if you saw the comments. I hope they didn't put you off, but I put a lot of the comments on. Normally you get a few critics on the lives. We haven't had one. And so many great comments. People loving your energy. I think we feed off each other. We're both quite high energy. So oh, that was great.
1: So This it's the it's the male energy with the female energy. And we're both like UK based. Like there's this something in there. And you're coming from the entrepreneur perspective. And I'm coming from a mindset perspective. If you put the two together, you just get this amazing collision of energy. <laughs> I love it. it.
0: Yeah, you gotta go.
1: I know. We're going to connect soon. So, guys, thank you so much for having me. Peace out, everybody. So
0: let me shout out to your show. So, what's your Instagram and what's your podcast for my following? Because I'll probably boost this post and um, get I'm more people to see just,
1: it. Just Natasha Grano everywhere. It's just literally Natasha Grano, my name. The same
0: G-R-A-N-O.
1: thing. Grano. Grano. Yeah. Grano. Yeah. In yeah. So oh, amazing. And,
0: and then, then with mine, the disruptive really- on yeah, Rob Moore, at Rob Moore. You'll find me on all the channels and then the Disruptive Entrepreneur podcast.
1: Amazing. And yeah, I can't wait. For anyone who wants to watch this again and take some notes, the Disruptive Entrepreneur podcast, and then you can catch it again very shortly on my Instagram. So looking forward to catching up with everyone soon. Peace and love.
0: See you later. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Bye. Natasha.
1: Thank Thank you.